0: What does recycling have to do with a seven-year period? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching Inverse and in the studio with us we have Sebastian Israel and Siku, my dear friends who have uh, come around every, every week or so around this table. Aloha. And uh, we do miss Jonathan and Callie wherever they may be this week. We're going to be talking about the Seventh-day Sabbath. But not the actual doctrine or teaching or the Bible study of, but the experience and reflections on the topic of Sabbath. So we want to encourage you to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download the Bible study guide there, and you can look at reflections on Sabbath. That's the the term to search for. We're gonna to go to Leviticus chapter 25, and uh, this week's topic is on the topic uh, Sabbath justice, Sabbath justice. Pretty exciting uh, title, I think, and kind of curious in what Leviticus 25 has to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Siku, if you can pray for us, and we'll get into the text.
1: Okay, let us pray. Loving Father, we ask that you would open our minds as we open Scripture. Lord, we pray that we could understand what you call us to do, and more importantly, who you call us to be according to your word. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: amen. Israel, uh, maybe some people have joined us for the first time in this in, a, in the quarter, in our 13 weeks uh, segment that we're in. Kind of give us a synopsis of what we covered, not systematic, but just kind of what, what uh, bouncing all around. Yeah. Uh, well, I can talk about the ones that I was on because I don't remember. <laughs> the other ones.
2: Uh, but um, we've been kind of sharing different reflections on the the various different yeah. aspects of the Sabbath. <clears throat> the one that has impacted me the most, I think, so far, was uh, the study on Naaman mm. that we had um, last time and how we were talking about how the Word of God uh, impacts and and, and uh, not only uh, informs our reality but also how God answers not just our requests but He goes above and beyond. And so Naaman was seeking to have uh, physical healing but God did much more than that mm. for him. So. All of these different things and and their connection to the Sabbath and the goodness of God, I think, is the one theme that has been going throughout the the entire uh, study on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. God is good. And because of that, he gives us the greatest gift, which is a gift of the Sabbath rest. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. There's other things that we talked about Sabbath. We talked about experience of Sabbath, of creation, of uh, being founded on salvation. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about last day events that Sabbath is linked to. Yep. Uh, what else? So we, we've covered kind of the whole... Hebrews okay. 11, yeah. entering Hebrews into 11, rest. Hebrews 4 is what I remember. Sorry, Hebrews 4. Verse. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, Sanctification. Sanctification, yeah. justification, yep. eventually glorification. Yeah. all Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus. Jesus the author of
2: the Sabbath. Jesus, Jesus, the the author of the Sabbath. Sabbath. Yes, 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 yes. And the connection between now and later. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Let's go to Leviticus 25. Let's do that, Justin. 25. (laughs) And then read from verse 13, Sebastian, you read from 13 to 17 there? Sure. Mm
3: -hmm. In this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee, you shall buy from your neighbor. And according to the number of years of crops, he shall sell to you. According to the multitude of years, you shall increase its price. And according to the fewer number of years, you shall diminish its price. For he sells to you according to the number of the years of the crops. Therefore, you shall not oppress one another, but you shall fear your God. For I am the Lord your God."
2: Hmm.
0: Very interesting. Interesting. Uh, up to this point, for the last eight weeks, we've been looking at Sabbath as a day, uh, namely the seventh day, one every seven day cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, in chapter 25, it's not talking about a day, but it's talking now about a year. And every seven years, you have a Jubilee uh, Sabbath year.
1: Fifty years.
0: Every, every, every 50 years, every yep. 50 years. The seven of the seven. The seven sevens. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, there's uh, the principles of the Sabbath, the meaning of the Sabbath that's, that's, that's embedded in the day, but also there's others that are embedded in the year. What are some of those elements that we can mine out from what God is trying to teach from the Jubilee year?
2: If you remember in, in previous discussions that we've had about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was supposed to remind us of the fact that we were, that we were that we were strangers, that we were, uh, you know, captives in Egypt, mm-hmm. all of these different things. Mm-hmm. That was what the Sabbath was supposed to remind us of, and that God brought us out of captivity and has given us freedom. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, he said that the Sabbath was a time for us to remember our past so that it would inform us on how we should relate in the present. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, he would say, God, God said... Because of that, you have to remember the stranger, remember the the, uh, the person that is from a different country, remember all of these mm-hmm. oppressed people that are coming into your land, mm-hmm. and even within the Sabbath commandment, right, the stranger that is within your gates. Mm-hmm. So the Sabbath was supposed to, also inform us on how we relate to people who are not like us. Mm. The year of Jubilee now comes back to that. There is like the key words, you know, you return back to your possessions. It says, don't oppress people mm. uh, within this, right? So anyone that has borrowed something from you, you're going to return it. I think later on in this chapter, you know, he would say, don't harden your hearts because if it's if you're getting close to the year of Jubilee and someone needs something, you will be like, nah, because I'm going to have to give it back,
3: right? <laughs> That's right. So he would say, don't harden your hearts.
2: And all of these different things Everything that was pointing to in terms of the aspect of the Sabbath that helps in our relationships with each other was pointing to the fact that God would say all of this is to help you remember the fear of God, right? Mm. Do this because you fear God or I've given you the Sabbath so that you would understand the fear of God. Uh, You know, I have saved you so that you would understand the fear of God. Everything is kind of pointing towards that, Mm. which indicates to us, that it is impossible for us to fear God to give glory to Him for the hour of his judgment has come if we cannot love our neighbor. Mm. And so the Sabbath is a reminder of the fact that what we do towards each other has a direct connection between how we view and understand who God is.
0: It sounds like a lot of you know, New Testament principles, very Jesus' mount, sermon on the on the Mount of Blessing, kind of you know, do unto others the golden rule, yep. uh, judge not lest you lest you be judged by the same principles. A lot of those are just if if we were to take all those principle principles and put it into a day or into a holiday or into a year, it'll kind of be symbolized by the jubilee. Yeah, like we see yep. a lot of synchrony between old and old and New Testament. Yeah. Uh, So
3: the the other thing that you realize with the year of Jubilee, as Israel was mentioning there in the text, when you look at uh, verse 13 and it says in this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his possession. Um, And then he talks in the next verse about oppression is about this idea of the reset. Hmm. Right. So there's sort of these things that you've lost. Right. Where you had to give away. You made a bad choice, bad financial management or because you were trying to expand and do something greater, whatever that was. There was a loss or there was a trading or a negotiate transaction at one place and God is saying this year is a complete reset and so when you think about the sabbath in this light like this cessation of i'm gonna keep charging you interest you still owe me mm-hmm. no there's this concept of a reset that's built into what the sabbath is on that weekly cycle mm-hmm. so as i go through the week i'm losing energy right i'm investing in my kids my job my Yard, like all these different things you're doing and the <laughs> Sabbath is a reset, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, that's where, I, that's where I think about the reset here in God's overall spiritual reality of that, mm-hmm.
1: right? And I think uh, with the reset concept, what makes it possible for us to perform this reset is it's founded on trust, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It yes. has to be based on trusting God in order to be able to do the things that are reset. So, like yeah. what Israel was saying, somebody is trying to borrow money, and you know that your jubilee is coming. I'm a, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I, you, I won't be able to make the profit that I'd want to from this loan or whatever. Um, don't harden your heart, because ultimately God is the one who gives you your riches, right? Yeah. Um, for the land, they, you know, with the, with the year of jubilee, every seven years they had to rest the land, but then with the year of jubilee, it went year forty-nine and then year fifty it was a couple of years of not sowing and yet you still need to eat and then yeah. you still need to going to have to sow later on so there's you have to trust god to provide for your mm. needs in order to be able to experience the rest that can mm. come from a sabbath experience and in a very tangible way the children of israel experienced that you know at least once in their lifetime, you know, so you if you were born in the year right. of Jubilee by the age of 50, you were going to go through that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if not every every and think about
3: years. think about how crazy that that is, that God is essentially trying to move them from an economy, being an agrarian society, you're very dependent on the land and you could begin to idolize the land and become jealous over your land.
0: Which is what everyone else around them did. Exactly. Right. So it's like,
3: God is like, no, the land is not the source of your success. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And when you go back to the the time of the manna falling from heaven in Exodus 16, it's like, oh, gather but twice as much on Friday, which normally if you did that on Thursday, it spoils. And so you can see that this greed and this gathering on other days would create problems that on this day, because this was an expression of trust. Yeah. To gather extra versus yeah. the other days was an expression of distrust.
0: I love that principle of trust. I mean, you answer my next question that I was going to ask is like every time I look at the jubilee uh, passage, I always think about not the person who has to give the the loan, mm-hmm. but if I needed the loan, I'd wait till the jubilee year and be like, hey, I'd ask for it the forty-eighth year or whatever, yep. the sixth year or right before, and then you're good. But you're saying that those are the mechanics and the externals. Beyond it, it's it's God who's doing everything anyway. So God will recompense or God will cause some equalization happening later on. And it, it's, it's God to be difficult.
3: think about the generosity that that creates in the loaner, mm. you know, right? The more trust they have, the more willing they are to loan in mm. the 48th year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Hey man, can I borrow all of this stuff? Right. And mm-hmm. that person is going to say, look, I have such great trust in God. I'm so able to rest in Jesus that I can give you this sizable loan because I know the Lord will bless me abundantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because I loaned it to you, but because of the spirit that I had and that I was willing to do so.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we just are are, uh, coming out of a pandemic and uh, people are calling this the Great Reset. Are there, are there parallels here? We know that God didn't cause the pandemic so that we would, we would celebrate a Jubilee. Right. But there are some parallels, aren't there? Uh, the, the world has rested for about two years. There's mm. dolphins that are seen in Venice, and there's the, yeah. the, 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 the forest animals are coming back. There's these cool things that even the earth is giving us evidence of. Mm. What are things that, that, that we, we've learned lessons, learned, lessons learned from the great, great restart that have parallel to the, to the Jubilee?
2: I think for me personally i've realized you know prior to the pandemic i was thinking i have to be at these meetings i have to be at these appointments i Mm. have to travel to this place they need me over here and all of these different things were things that because I, I was in a zone, I felt like I had to be there at yeah. all of these. Now, after not being in those places or, or in those meetings for, you know, some time, you start realizing, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm very dispensable. Right. <laughs> People don't need me <laughs> okay. either. Even, even I, they don't need me as much as they think, and they don't need me as much as I think. Mm. I'm not as important as I think I am. Mm-hmm. And that has helped in my uh, personal experience with the understanding of who I am. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I was going to add the fact that During this time has also created a refocus on what true happiness and Mm -hmm. meaning is, which is relationships, right? You stayed home, your kids couldn't go to school. So now you have to stay with those people, that nuclear family. And this for me was a critical element that this great reset kind of created to say, hey, we need to refocus on not going to the movies and shopping and all of these things, but spending time with these people who, if these were your last moments those are the individuals that you would be most focused upon.
0: Especially hold that thought. We don't have to take a great reset, but we do have to pause right now, so stay with us after the break.
1: Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us, Our handle again is InverseBible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: Welcome back. What are lessons that you have learned from the Great Reset, from the pandemic? There are some horrible things that happen around the world, but there are also some good things that people have experienced within their families or work or personal lives, and perhaps these are lessons that God intended for us to learn during the Jubilee years and the Sabbath years just to take a break from the big things in life. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on social media. Our handle is InverseBible on all the platforms, and let us know what you think. Sebastian, what are other lessons that we've gotten from The Great Reset?
3: When you build off of the, the things that Israel said about, I'm, not, I'm dispensable in these meetings, or what I was referring to before the break about relationships, this comes down to that stewardship principle as well, which is, am I managing the things that God has entrusted to me really well? And the pandemic really highlighted the fact that there's certain things we're not managing well and in a personal way. Right. So I think about the fact that now that I am home with my kids, people are realizing, man, this is what my teach, the teachers of my kids go through having to engage my kid for eight hours a day. <laughs> and was I being a good steward over that relationship Yeah. where I'm, I'm going at the teacher? Why are you saying this about my son? But now that my son is home. It's like oh yeah okay I want that same energy that's what every teacher is like yeah how is it you like it? It's like <laughs> go back to school like Correct the- whatever we <laughs> open they're like up please the please <laughs> you're gonna wear five masks you know the shield but you're going to school And so I think the steward over those <laughs> relationships as well as your family as well as your body, your health and your time yeah and, and I feel as if with the year of Jubilee it was also a reminder to them that these things belong to me. I can prosper them. I can take them away. And you need to properly manage the things that do not belong to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: so knowing that is a critical principle that the Sabbath and the Jubilee year remind us is that this isn't mine. This yeah. belongs to the Creator and I need to handle it according to His plan and purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. I, love what, I love what you said. It, um so that, that, that we're forced to stop and think about what things are important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, that hap- that, we should do that once a week for Sabbath. Yeah. But there are some times that that weekly cycle is a little too, too micro. And then so we have the seven years to help out with the macro trajectory of our lives yeah. to kind of stop and, and reassess what is really important. And you mm-hmm. see that happening in society. Every sector of society is like, is it really important? Do we have to go to all those meetings? Is, do we have to think of education this way? Do we have to think yeah. of work this mm-hmm. way? And I mean, it, it, it opens up so many possibilities, and, and to find out what's really important in our lives. Yeah.
2: Sure. Uh, something that Sebastian says struck me because it's found in verse 23. It says, uh, "Jesus or God." Chapter
0: 25, verse 23. Yeah. Okay.
2: It says, "The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. For mm. you were strangers and sojourners with me." Mm-hmm. And and it, it's, I think it's critical, and I'm glad that you brought that out, Sebastian, that we remember. Uh, and that we set aside time for remembering that what we have is not our own. And, and, and it's a natural tendency, whether we're a Christian, whether we, we're committed Christians or not, the natural tendency is always to drift away right it's just yep. it's it's easy to drift that's the easiest thing to do and unless you're struggling you're drifting unless you're trying to remain you're drifting away yep. and this like you said it Let's happens say, say, that, say that again say that again say that again say i it. forgot what i said unless you're, oh. struggling, you're unless struggling you're, you're drifting, drifting. <laughs> all right. that's right <laughs> Amen. i got you right. good, good that's what i said good good because you, you write oh, that really. down yeah. <laughs> let me write that down all right so <laughs> and so i think the, the the fact that god gives us a a weekly time to reset Mm. it helps us to remind ourselves because if you think about it the fact that we forget that everything that we are and everything that we own belongs to God that is the number one reason why we are greedy Mm-hmm. right because we think it's ours yep. if we're managing someone else's assets it's it's easy for us not to be greedy mm-hmm. right when we're managing budgets for our companies or whatever oh yeah we're very liberal let's go out to eat let me t- you know what do you need right but the moment i have to pay for something out of my own pocket That's right. do we really need to eat <laughs> right. you, didn't you eat breakfast today right we're doing so, family style yeah, yeah everybody pay for yourself and so and so i think that the purpose of the sabbath in reminding us that everything that we have and own is god's it inspires in us a spirit of generosity. That's it right. inspires mm. in us or it eliminates greed from our lives and it helps us to remember that everything that we possess and
0: everything that we are belongs to God. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah. generosity. We have trust, we have priorities. Mm-hmm. Siku. Let's
1: say, uh, verse 23, what it, what it conjures okay. up in my mind, mm-hmm. um, not just the, the things that we possess, but even things that we don't typically think of as possessing, but our stewardship over the earth. Mm, So he says that the land is mine, so Uh, the earth belongs to God. Mm -hmm. So the way that we treat natural resources, um, the way that we engage with the environment, realizing that this is a trust that's given to us by God, and Mm. I may not technically own all the land in the world, but God owns it, and my responsibility to God is to be a good steward of the earth. Mm -hmm. So to be an environmentalist, so to speak, Mm -hmm. which is really, really crazy because... There's a sector of Christianity that struggles with environmentalism because the earth is going to burn, right? Mm, Right. All of this is going to burn, but that environmentalism doesn't come from um, a selfishness. Like it's not because oh, we need the earth, therefore we must preserve it, which may be an extend our
3: living as long as possible.
1: Exactly, which Mm -hmm. is kind of an atheistic perspective, but our environmentalism comes from our theism because Mm -hmm. we are accountable to God. Therefore, and, and we must take care of His earth. And think
3: mm-hmm. about what that what that's ultimately saying, right? When we take that position, well, it's going to burn anyway. So if you take that mindset and you apply that to everything else that God <laughs> entrusts to you, right? Yeah. What's like, well, my son that's doesn't true. want to give his life to Jesus. You're going to burn anyway, Ooh. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I want to save my job, well, I mean... Who cares about this business being honest and picking up the trash or doing your taxes like this is all going to burn anyway.
0: My money is going to burn anyway. Right. My body's going <laughs> yeah. anyway. yeah. so to burn anyway. Everyone's going to eat whatever my yeah. health all of these yeah. different yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You 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 recognize the dangerousness that those things are not just to my own personal life yeah. but ultimately to the character of God. Yeah. Right? You're coming back to the fact that the Sabbath is about imitation. I rested so you rest. Yeah. I'm a good steward over what's mine see how I provide for you, see how I'm generous to you, see how I make my son shine upon the good and the evil, why would you do anything less when the whole idea of keeping the Sabbath Mm -hmm. is to imitate him and to reveal his character? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the the justice component of our our title lesson today, as well as what Siku is driving at, it's like, we're going to say this about certain things, which shows we pick and choose. What we really don't want to do, what we really don't want to be good stewards of, oh yeah, that's going to burn. But oh, yeah, me cutting my grass perfectly every single week, <laughs> that's gonna burn too. But yet you're like, nah, nah, that's my time. You know, that's my time to get in my yard and da da da. And God expects us to be good witnesses as if it's any different.
0: There is the, also the other extreme of those who recycle, and then they, 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 they kiss every peta bottle that they say thank you good to night. all nature, and then they hug every tree. Mm-hmm. And you, you, we do have both sides when it comes to green theology, environmentalism, but really we see a balance in Scripture here. God yeah. has given us nature. We are to be good stewards of it. Full stop, period. It's yep. right there. Yeah. So what are, what are other elements that we can get from the Jubilee here? Let's go into justice. What does the Jubilee show us about justice? Are there elements of social justice here? That's a, that's a buzzword that's, 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 that sets up, sets up a lot of bells. Well, Slash.
3: let's go back to the text we just okay. read in, in, um, in verse, verse 23, 23 of chapter 25 of Leviticus. Okay. He says, The land shall not be sold permanently for the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. Mm. And in in all the land of your possession, you shall grant redemption of the land. Mm -hmm. If one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possession, and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it, then he may redeem what his brother sold. And then he goes on to different examples of this, but ultimately you're seeing that God identifies with strangers and sojourners, mm-hmm. right? These people who in this economy would be very, very vulnerable individuals. You don't have a steady place, you don't have protection. And he's saying, You are strangers and sojourners with me. Mm-hmm. And so, God's ability to identify with those who are disenfranchised in a certain society, who are weak, who are considered outcasts, he's essentially letting them know that this is not something that's gonna be permanently exchanged. So, there is a basic equality. And somehow over those 49 years, an inequality has developed. And that social inequality that has developed, God says, I'm going to make it right in the 50th year. We're going to restore equality again. So Siku had 50 acres, Sebastian had 50 acres, Israel had 50 acres. And through that time, Siku was really great at managing. Sebastian was not. So I had to sell her 25. He's like, well, now you're going to return that 25 back. And we're going to start over. And so social justice in many ways is addressing those inequalities in society Mm -hmm. that God is saying, you have to remember that I identify with those individuals Mm -hmm. and you owe it to them as much as you owe it to me Mm -hmm. to give them justice. And Mm -hmm. I
2: think to even add to that, not only do I identify, but you should identify. You should remember where you come from. Mm -hmm. You know, you should remember that if it were not for my grace, you would be in the same exact situation. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times we think, that the difference between a rich person and the poor person is always just the fact that one person was smarter than the other, one person made better decisions Mm -hmm. than the other. But if you look at the passage over and over again, within within the chapter of of Leviticus that we're looking at, God does not care whose fault it is that someone became poor. Mm -hmm. All He cares about is the fact that they are poor. And if you look at Mm -hmm. the entire chapter, that word poor is mentioned over and over and over. And what He says is, the poor people are mine. Mm-hmm. These poor people, these strangers from Egypt, these slaves, they're mine. And how you treat them is a direct correlation with how you treat me. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, we would, if Jesus needed $10, we'll be like, oh, I'll give you $20, right? right? Jesus, you need $10, <laughs> I'll give you 20 What? What else can I... I'll give you my coat, I'll give you my car, I'll give you my house. We would do all of these different things for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yet a poor person comes to us, oh, no, you, you shouldn't have made those decisions. And Jesus is saying, mm-hmm. how you treat that person has is a it's direct directly linked with how you treat me, and this, by the way, is something that should not happen every 50 years, every 70 years, every seven years. But this is something that should be happening every single week, mm-hmm. every Sabbath, I'm um, to remember the fact that there is no difference between me and the stranger, mm-hmm. there is no difference between me and the poor person, whether I'm a physician or a lawyer or a high-ranking business officer in some corporation. Yep. When I go to church on Sabbath. There is no difference between me and the widow we are exactly the same in the eyes of God Equal and it is yeah and it is an opportunity for me to lighten their burdens
0: let me ask wow. this question which I conclude at the end of every episode is how do we observe jubilee mm-hmm. how do we observe should we should we be doing this every seven years and then after every 49th year should we or, or how do we—it's okay to talk about this around a round table, but how do we—do we, do we celebrate this every weekly Sabbath? How do we make this practical?
2: I try to celebrate it every—I try to remember this. I try to practice this every week. Oh, yeah? I've made a commitment in my own life, for example, that if I have money in my pocket and someone asks— mm. before I used to be like, are you going to buy drugs with this? Are you going to buy alcohol? What do you—you you know? And, and, and that passage of God giving both to the rich and the poor, the just and the unjust, God has told me, you know what, for me personally, just shut up. If someone needs something and you can do it, you can fulfill that need, you fulfill it. And I try to always carry money with me because on my way to church, I always meet homeless mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. it's a time for me to,
0: to give. Well, as Micah 6.8 says, God has already shown us what that what's mm. good and to act justly and to, to live mercifully and to walk humbly with our God. And we may not keep the jubilee every 50 years or whatever, but we are to keep those principles on a daily basis. That's my prayer. I know that's the prayer of my panelists here uh, on this episode. And hopefully that's your prayer out there. How many of you want to live the experience of Sabbath justice that's found in the Jubilees? Thanks for joining us as we are looking at the topic of the Sabbath. We'll see you next week as we continue Reflections on the Seventh Day. God bless you.
1: You've been listening to Inverse a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos Jonathan Walter Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako and your host, Justin Kim Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel television that changes lives For this and more inspiring episodes visit inverse.hopetv.org Find us on social media hashtag Inverse Bible Until next time This is inverse.